Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A mysterious road trip through the California desert. He had his mom and dad's address programmed into his GPS. But something happened. I call his roommate and Sean says, Bryce never came home last night. And a baffling act of destruction. He was blazing his own trail when he's going down this, through this vegetation. He went off the side of a 25-foot embankment. And a seemingly carefree young man vanishes into thin air. All of Bryce's personal belongings are with the car. So now we're frantic. Leaving investigators puzzling over a case where nothing adds up. There is no evidence. There's, there is nothing. There's no phone calls made. There's no text to anybody. I know in my heart he's out there somewhere. I just don't know where. And a family racked with pain. It's the worst thing that anybody can experience. It is worse than death. August 2013. Labor Day is around the corner, and 19-year-old Bryce Laspisa just finished his first day as a sophomore at Sierra College in Rockland, California. He called me about 5 o'clock in the evening and was telling me all about classes, and it was great. A talented artist, Bryce is taking courses in both industrial and graphic design. He just had a gift, and could draw or build his portfolio that he had for college was quite impressive. Bryce is the only child of Mike and Karen Lespisa, who live 500 miles south in Laguna Niguel in Orange County. Friends and family say Bryce could light up a room with his charisma. He's such a social guy. He had lots of friends and would hang out with them often. We would have them over to our house. He would talk to both Mike and I about any subject. An open book, we always say that he gets that from his mom because I'm an open book. And uh, it's, it was just always very easy. During his freshman year at Sierra College, 
Bryce met a young woman named Kim. According to teenagers, it becomes a relationship when they change their Facebook status and say that they're in a relationship. So all of a sudden we're seeing pictures of Kim and Bryce on Facebook. We raised him to be respectful, and we saw that, that he was, he was a, a good boyfriend. If you look at all the pictures or you, you talk to all of his friends, Bryce is a very happy kid. He was funny. He was very well-loved. It seemed like things couldn't be going better for Bryce. But days before the Labor Day weekend, friends say they saw a drastic change in his behavior. His whole personality changed. It was like a whole different person. His roommate, Sean, is concerned enough to contact Bryce's mother, Karen. Wednesday night, I get a call from Bryce's roommate that Tuesday, Bryce was acting very strange. That him and Kim had exchanged texts, and Bryce said that, you know what, maybe you're better off without me. And she's like, are you breaking up with me? And Bryce said yes. There was something troubling Bryce now, um, whether that's something at school, something in life in general, relationship problems, we just don't know. Sean tells Bryce's mother that his strange behavior started when Bryce and a friend decided to stay up all night playing video games. To stay awake, Bryce reportedly had been experimenting with a drug called Vyvanse, commonly prescribed to treat ADHD. Some students also use it illicitly for a late-night surge of energy. It is a very potent uh, stimulant and can have the same kind of stimulants as, say, for, for all purposes like methamphetamine. A couple hours after hearing from Bryce's roommate, his mother Karen gets a call from Bryce, who's with his girlfriend Kim at her place in Chico, about 90 miles north of his apartment. Kim tells Karen that she thinks Bryce isn't acting at all like himself. She was very worried about him because he was still acting very strangely. And she had tried to take his keys away because she didn't want him to leave. Kim tells Bryce's mother that she doesn't think he should be driving. But Bryce insists to his parents that he's fine. He told both of us the same thing. He told me, I want my keys. I want to go home. I broke up with Kim. She won't give me the keys. And I said, Bryce, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine, Dad. I said, Bryce, I'm worried. I said, let me come up there tomorrow. Let me fly up there tomorrow. And he says, Mom, no, don't make an airline reservation until I talk to you because I have a lot to talk to you about. Karen asks him to give Bryce his keys back. And Bryce leaves her place in Chico around 11.30 p.m. Karen says that over the phone, Bryce sounded normal to her. I, as his mom, didn't get the sense that he was distraught over what he was doing. Bryce didn't seem heartbroken. I said, you just need to get back to your apartment and go to sleep and call me in the morning. And he said, okay. Bryce's parents both wonder what their son meant when he said, I have a lot to talk to you about. When they dropped him at school two weeks earlier, Bryce seemed carefree and happy. We don't know of anything that could be weighing on his mind, really, for, for just a couple of weeks up north. He had just spent the whole summer with us, and he literally had just finished two days of the school year. 
So I don't know what it could be that he had so much to talk to me about. I have absolutely no idea. Bryce calls his mother around 1 a.m., and she assumes he's back at his place. But the cell tower records show that he was nowhere near. He was an hour away from his apartment, in basically in the middle of nowhere. Instead of going back to his apartment, Bryce is actually headed further south, past his college and towards the Tehachapi Mountains. Destination unknown. I believe he wasn't really sure what he was going to do. He's very conflicted. He knows he wants, he needs to go home. I believe he wanted to go home, but something happened. Something happened that made him hesitate a lot. The next morning at 11, the Las Pisas get a voicemail from their auto insurance company. They actually get an alert uh, from State Farm that they need a roadside assistance on the car that Bryce is driving. Alarmed, Bryce's mother calls her son's apartment. I call his roommate and I said, is Bryce still sleeping? And Sean says, Bryce never came home last night. Mike and Karen have no idea where their son could be. Searching for clues, they spot a new charge on their credit card from Buttonwillow, California, a small desert town best known as a truck stop off Interstate 5. Since Buttonwillow is just a few hours from their home in Laguna Niguel, they think Bryce must be on his way to see them. At that point, we're, we're, wow, he's in Buttonwillow. He's obviously coming home. Mike traces the credit card charge to Castro Tire and Truck, a repair shop near the freeway. Mike called them, and the man said, yeah, I serviced that car about 9, 9 o'clock this morning. Christian, the driver from the repair shop, tells Karen that Bryce had called for roadside assistance after he ran out of gas at the Buttonwillow rest stop. Christian says he brought three gallons of gas to Bryce about 90 minutes earlier, but that's all he can tell her about Bryce's whereabouts. So he said, if you give me 15 minutes, I can go back and see if he's still there. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, if you could do that. Christian drives back to the rest stop and is surprised to find Bryce parked just where he left him three hours earlier. He calls Karen back and puts Bryce on with his mother. Christian handed him the phone, and I just said, what are you doing? And he just said nothing. And then I'm just, Bryce, you're three hours away. You need to get gas, and you're three hours from home. Following his mother's instructions, Bryce fills up the gas tank at the local station. At this point, his parents expect him at their house at 3 p.m., but Bryce doesn't arrive. I start calling him about 3.30, just wondering if he was in traffic because of the holiday weekend. And there's no answer. I continue calling and leaving messages. Over the next several hours, Karen tries to reach Bryce multiple times. He's not answering the phone calls, and he hasn't made his way home yet. By evening, Bryce has been out of touch for close to six hours. Mike and Karen were very worried. 
extremely worried. And by six o'clock, Mike is outside pacing, and we're just waiting to see the car pull in. It would seem like a simple thing to fuel up, and you'd be home in about three hours, three to four hours at the most, but that didn't happen. Nineteen-year-old Bryce Laspisa's parents thought their son was driving to their home in Laguna Niguel. Instead, Bryce seems to have disappeared somewhere on the freeway. No one ever in their right mind would assume that Bryce would ever have gone missing. He was a good college kid. He was doing well in school. He's loved by his parents. There's no problems at home. Everyone assumed he's coming home. His parents file a missing persons report with the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Police ask the Las Pisas cellular provider to help locate Bryce's phone. They actually got an emergency ping order from AT&T, and they pinged his phone, which is basically a triangulation of uh, cell towers of where the phone's at. The ping hits on Bryce's cell phone, and his parents are stunned by what it reveals. Bryce isn't missing at all. He's still parked in the truck stop town of Buttonwillow. In fact, he's barely moved in the past nine hours. I can't account for nine hours of what Bryce did or where he was, except that he's only eight miles away from where he was when his car was serviced for gas. Kern County Sheriff's deputies locate Bryce parked near the interstate just a few miles from the rest area. He's not acting normally at this point. Almost uh, some 20-something hours, he was kind of lingering around the truck stop area. It's almost like he's stalling. He's, he's prolonging time to get down there. And I can't tell you why. Kern County deputies on the scene perform a sobriety test on Bryce. With his consent, they search his car. He's lucid, he's talking, he's answering the, the deputy's questions. They do a brief examination for drugs of the car. They find no drugs or any type of stimulant or alcohol in the, the car. Despite his recent erratic behavior, to the deputies interviewing him, Bryce appears normal. Coin office, he's friendly, he was talkative, uh, very alert, answered all the questions properly, gave the right answers to their questions. The deputies ask Bryce what he's doing and his explanation raises no red flags. He explains that he needs to blow off a little steam. So basically, the deputies take it. He's just kind of there trying to power down a little bit to get his focus, and then he's going to head south to Laguna Niguel. But the strange thing that the deputies encounter is Bryce seemed really reluctant to call his mom at home. The police officer told me that he was a little hesitant. Never gave a reason, just that he was a little hesitant, and they encouraged him to call his parents. They actually dialed the number for him and then put the phone in Bryce's hand and said, you need to talk to your mom. Before talking to Bryce, Karen asked the deputy if he thinks her son is all right to drive home. I said to the officer, is he okay? And he says to me, yes, ma'am, he is. They felt very confident that Bryce was able to continue driving, and that's what they told Mike and Karen, that he was fine, not to worry about it. We felt somewhat comfortable that he's, he's in the car, he's okay, the car's not crashed, there's no alcohol, there's no drugs, and he's going to make the rest of the drive home. 
When the deputy puts Bryce on the phone, his mother doesn't push him to explain his behavior over the past 22 hours. I said, Bryce, what are you doing? He said, Mom, I'm putting stuff back in my car because they searched my car. And I'm like, Bryce, what are you doing? You've been in the same area for eight or nine hours. I says, you need to get something to eat, and now you're going to be traveling in the dark, and now I'm kind of worried. At that point, the deputies leave Bryce to make his way home on his own. And they assume, based on the conversation he had with Mom over the phone, that they were listening in on that everything was going to be okay and he was going to head south to Laguna Niguel. An hour later, Christian, the tow truck driver, returns an earlier call from Bryce's mom. Karen tells him Bryce is still in Buttonwillow, and Christian generously offers to check on him again. He says, I'll go over there. I said, well, no, he should be already on his way home. But he went over there anyways, and, you know, within 15 minutes, Christian calls me. He says, Bryce is right here. At this point... Bryce has been lingering in Buttonwillow for mysterious reasons for over 13 hours. This time, Christian offers to follow him and make sure he gets onto the freeway. He wanted to make sure that Bryce got, you know, on the right direction, make sure he got on the 5 South. 30 minutes later, Bryce finally pulls onto the interstate, followed by Christian in his truck. After about 10 miles, Christian pulls off the road and calls Karen to let her know that Bryce is finally on his way. And we told Bryce, please leave your phone turned on so Dad and I can call you. You need to answer the phone. Over the next couple of hours, Bryce and his parents exchange several calls. Karen and Mike ask Bryce to describe landmarks so they can keep track of his progress. They had asked him to give them street signs. He was very evasive. He wouldn't give them any. said he couldn't see any. I said, you sure you can't see any sign? And he goes, well, no, I can't see a sign, but my GPS says I'm going to be home at 325. At 2.09 a.m., Bryce calls Karen again, saying he's too tired to drive anymore. He's going to sleep in the car for a few hours before driving the final leg home to Laguna Niguel. Mom and Dad agree with that. We're now into some 24, 27 hours since he's probably been on the road. Early the next morning, the Las Pisas hear their front doorbell ring. When the doorbell ring at 8 o'clock, we both jump up expecting it to be Bryce. Instead, the Las Pisas find themselves face-to-face -face with a California Highway Patrol officer. And he doesn't have good news. It's a chip officer from our area asking us if we had a Toyota 2003 Highlander. Yes, our son has that car. Well, it was found abandoned in Castaic Lake. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. After waiting all night for their son Bryce to return home, Karen and Mike Laspisa get chilling news from a highway patrol officer. Bryce's car was found early that morning on an access road to the Castaic Lake State Recreation Area, about two hours north of their home. He said, but your son's not with the car. And so, of course, we panicked. Bryce's car was found crashed on the road, on its side at the bottom of a 25-foot embankment. The back window looks broken out from the inside, and police think that's how Bryce escaped the wreck. Looking at the physical evidence, there was no blood outside the car, nothing to say he was bleeding at any point while he was walking away. So he basically abandoned everything. Bryce's laptop and phone are in the car. His duffel bag and wallet are outside on the ground near the rear window. We find out that all of Bryce's personal belongings are with the car. So now we're frantic. Police find a small spot of Bryce's blood on the passenger seat headrest and another in the back seat. 
Barring internal injuries, he may have walked away from the crash relatively unscathed. So we were basically left with an overturned car and the driver's unaccounted for. We're thinking, oh my God, he's been in an accident. He's wandering somewhere. From what Detective Martindale can tell, before dawn, for unknown reasons, Bryce drove off Lake Hughes Road into the service area for a cell tower at the top of a steep and rugged embankment. Travels along the side of the cell tower and he continues towards the lake itself. He actually continues down the hill. Based on the tracks that were left behind, he was hitting the accelerator as he's going down the hill. He was blazing his own trail when he's going down through this vegetation. Based on the speed of the car, he was actually unearthing large rocks. The undercarriage was hitting large rocks, and that this indicated that there was some speed involved, not just somebody, for instance, losing their brakes or was in neutral. Bryce's car plummeted over the edge of the embankment, falling 25 feet to the roadway below. The car went over the drop and fell on the uh, actual front bumper of the vehicle. And from there, it fell to the side. To detectives, it looks like all of Bryce's actions were deliberate, raising the possibility of a grim scenario. Given all the things we know about Bryce leading up to this uh, event of how his car is found, there's all indications he might uh, be suicidal at this point. Maybe he wanted to take his own life. Maybe that was his intent, was to basically put the car in drive, go straight down the hill, and right into the water. In the shadowy light before dawn, detectives guess that Bryce thought the lake was much closer to the cell tower than it actually was. If you're standing at that cell tower and you're looking out over the waterway, it looks like it's a rock throwaway. It really does. It's very deceiving. But what could have pushed Bryce to such a desperate act? According to some of his friends at college, in the two weeks before classes started, Bryce's behavior grew increasingly reckless. His girlfriend Kim and roommate Sean tell detectives that Bryce was drinking hard liquor, a lot of it. There are some indications that uh, Kim and uh, Sean say he was going through two of those bottles a weekend, which is considerable. And if we take that on the face value that that's true, he's going through a lot of alcohol every weekend. On top of that, Kim tells police that on the night he broke up with her, Bryce was under the influence of both alcohol and the ADHD drug Vyvanse. That's why she tried to keep him from driving. She was concerned about the use of that drug and the way he was acting, this just strange behavior. He really wasn't in his right mind, as she put it. Bryce's roommate, Sean, adds an alarming detail, telling police that before he disappeared, Bryce started giving away his property. He gave Sean his prized Xbox, as well as a pair of diamond earrings, a cherished gift from his mother. I don't understand why Bryce would do that. Those were diamond earrings that were mine that I gave to Bryce. That was just something he never did. He never gave anything away. To investigators, Giving away possessions can be a telltale sign of crisis, someone who's planning to either run away or commit suicide. I think Bryce left with the idea that he wasn't going to go back. 
to the apartment. Wasn't gonna go back to school and probably wasn't gonna go back to his girlfriend. Police believe heavy alcohol use combined with abuse of the drug Vyvanse could have had unpredictable, dire consequences for Bryce. If he's doing both those at the same time, it could have been he had some type of psychotic event, which can explain his uh, irrational behavior. Bryce's parents see things differently. They say their son experimented with drinking and drugs, as many teens do, but he was not struggling with substance abuse. He's a regular kid. I'm not saying Bryce is a saint, so I'm sure he did an average amount of what uh, teenagers do. He did have a couple incidents, but they weren't a magnitude enough for us to say there's some serious problem here. Yeah, Bryce did underage drinking, but I don't know what could happen in two weeks. I honestly don't, because he was with us for the summer, and he was perfectly fine, and he wasn't drinking at all. To add to the mystery, on the night he broke up with Kim, Bryce sounded lucid to his parents. Kim's roommate also reportedly reassured Karen that Bryce seemed okay to drive. I'm not blind to anything that Bryce did that was just stupid teenage behavior. But I don't think that Bryce had a problem. I don't think that Bryce would be so ashamed by anything that he was doing that he wouldn't contact his mother and father. But for investigators, Bryce's behavior may point to a suicidal mindset. If he was intent on taking his own life that morning at Castaic, detectives think, after the failed car crash, Bryce may have continued on foot down to the 2,200-acre lake. So immediately, a large-scale search took place that very same day by the Parks Bureau, and that search entailed hundreds of sheriff's deputies up here combing the hillside on foot, on ATVs, on sheriff's helicopters. Search and rescue folks came up and scoured the hillside. And this went on for the entire weekend. Cadaver dogs trained to find human remains scour the hills and shoreline. Police divers enter the lake itself. Our divers spent countless days in the water, countless hours in the water, searching the shoreline by boat. Mike made up missing person flyer and made copies and went up there. And what I was doing at home was getting a hold of any type of media. Despite the massive effort to find Bryce, all of the searches come up empty. They find no trace of him, either in the water or the surrounding hills. We had helicopters searching this entire park for any signs of Bryce, and there was nothing to be found. In the days that follow, no viable leads surface. There is no evidence. There's, there is nothing. There's no phone calls made. There's no text to anybody. For Bryce's family, each day brings a renewed sense of devastating loss. It's a horrible, it's a horrible feeling. I used to get people tell me that, oh, I thought that losing my son who died was the worst thing, but not knowing where my child is is worse. I always thought I was a strong person and it's something that there's, it's a nightmare that you can't wake up from. Then suddenly 
Five days after Bryce's disappearance, a shocking development in the investigation. Police have been searching that same area for a teenager who's been missing since Friday. A jogger at Castaic Lake calls 911 to report a brush fire just three miles from where Bryce's car was abandoned. First responders discover that what's burning is far more gruesome. After that fire was put out, it was determined to be a human being was set on fire there. Five days after Bryce Laspisa disappeared, charred human remains are discovered at Castaic Lake, just a few miles from where Bryce's car was found wrecked and abandoned. I thought, oh my God, could that be Bryce's body? It just stopped me dead in my tracks. Within days, forensic testing confirms that the burned body is not Bryce Laspisa. It's identified as a Los Angeles man the victim of a homicide. And there are no other signs of Bryce anywhere in the 11,000-acre park. There's nothing to indicate he met with foul play. There's really no indication that he met his demise that took his own life. Police are coming to believe that if he had lost his life at Castaic Lake, either by suicide or other means, Bryce's body would have been found by now. We pretty much concluded, I think, with a great deal of certainty that Bryce was not at this lake, whether in the body of water or anywhere around this lake. We don't believe he met his demise on land or in the water. Bryce's time at Castaic Lake remains a total mystery, except for one intriguing clue. Hours before he crashed onto the access road and vanished, a surveillance camera captured a still image of Bryce's car on two separate occasions. There is a camera on Lake Hughes Road that takes a picture of the rear license plate of every vehicle that goes up the hill. About three hours before it was found crashed, the camera recorded Bryce's car traveling up Lake Hughes Road at 2.15 a.m. All we know is that Bryce went up Lake Hughes Road. We don't know what he did up there or even how long he was up there for. That's just six minutes after Bryce called his parents at 2.09 a.m., saying he was pulling off the road to get some rest. So if Bryce was driving that car, what was he doing driving it at 2.30 in the morning up Lake Hughes Road? Two hours later, at 4.29 a.m., Bryce's car was recorded by the same camera again, traveling up Lake Hughes Road in the same direction. That's not normal behavior if that was Bryce driving the car. There's no explanation as to why he was driving up and down that road between 2.30 and 4.30. We're thinking that he's contemplating something. Now, what that is, we just don't know. But I definitely don't think it was to get off the road for rest. On day nine, bloodhounds are brought in to track where Bryce could have gone after crawling from the wreckage of his car. The dogs hit on Bryce's scent and follow it from the crash site all the way down to a dam on the lake. The dogs actually trailed Bryce's scent across the dam, which has a uh, roadway across the dam, and then south down the spillway on the west side of the lake, 
and then it picked it up again on the west side of the spillway and then out towards the truck stop area. According to police, two separate bloodhounds follow Bryce's scent trail from his car through the park and directly towards a truck stop area on Castaic Road. At that point, the scent trail dissipates, leading detectives to a startling theory. Bryce may have chosen to walk away from his life. It's my belief he actually physically walked out of this Lake Estate Park area back towards the rest stop or truck stop area. Detectives believe that after the crash, Bryce looked for a way out of the park that avoided witnesses. I think that this was an intentional act to avoid the roadways, disappear out of the park, go back to that, the truck stop area off Lake Hughes and the 5 Freeway. And I think he just vanished from that point on. I believe to this day that he possibly hitched a ride with one of these long haul truckers and whether he continued south toward Laguna Niguel or went north and then maybe out of the state, I just don't know. For investigators, this theory could also explain Bryce's erratic behavior on the road and why he lingered so long in Buttonwillow without explaining himself. It goes hand in hand with his maybe reluctance or some type of dilemma that's going on with his life that he doesn't want to reveal to his parents. Maybe he didn't want to go home, or maybe he never intended on going home. We just don't know. Detectives believe answering one question could be the key to finding Bryce. What did he want to talk to his mother about? It's my opinion to this day that whatever that subject matter is forced him to basically walk away from everything in life. And if we knew what he wanted to talk to mom about, then I think we can solve this case and find Bryce. According to the Las Pisas, what Bryce meant is indeed a mystery, but they don't believe it holds any greater significance to finding him. The whole thing of him saying, Mom, don't fly up here until I talk to you because I have a lot to talk to you about, I have no idea. But those words do not mean that my son would have walked away from his life. He wouldn't have. Bryce's mom says that the bond she shares with her son trumps whatever evidence the detectives could be working with. He never ran away from home. There was never any problem big enough that would make Bryce literally want to just walk away from his life. He loved us too much, and we loved, we loved him too. Months pass with no new leads or evidence in Bryce's tragic disappearance, leaving investigators and his family with nothing but dead ends and conjecture. We've expended every resource that's at our disposal to try to find Bryce, whether that's here at the lake, elsewhere, and through this entire country. But within a year, the focus of the investigation will shift to one of the darker theories and the last place Bryce was seen. Castaic Lake. We're trying to find one object, and that's this young man if he's here. On one hand, you hope that we don't find anything. On the other hand, uh, uh, if he's here, we would want to find him. Our goal is to get out towards the peninsula out there. We are out here for the duration and into the evening, so however long it takes.
Over a year ago, 19-year-old Bryceless Pisa disappeared without a trace at Castaic Lake. Every month, his parents, Karen and Mike, get tips from people who think they've seen Bryce. But so far, every sighting has been a false alarm. There's been nobody that says, I spoke to Bryce, you know, I've seen your son. There's been absolutely no, no tip like that. Bryce's driver's license, social security number, passport, and fingerprints are all in the nationwide missing person system. But if he is out there somewhere, Bryce has stayed totally under the radar. Everything that was Bryce, every account he's owned, every password he has, as far as I know to this day, has stayed the same, hoping that he will log on to some account and give us a whereabouts of where he might be at. But all purposes, he's just fallen off the face of the earth. Detective Robert Martindale is convinced that Bryce is still alive. He's just not sure that he wants to be found. I think that the fact that we haven't found any signs of Bryce or any activity of Bryce, I think he's just kind of wanted to get off the grid for a bit and get away. I know in my heart he's out there somewhere. I just don't know where. In August of 2014, almost a year after Bryce went missing, the Las Pisas meet Denise Savistano, a private investigator who specializes in missing persons cases. Denise offers her services pro bono to help the Las Pisas find their only son. It's devastating to families, as you can well imagine, and there's so um, so much emotion, and sometimes I just need to know that people care. There's somebody out there that really cares that they have a missing loved one. Reviewing the case, Denise is struck by the sheer lack of hard evidence. To not have anything to go on is extremely frustrating. I believe he wanted to go home. Uh, the GPS showed that he was going to go home. Something happened, and that's what we don't know. She wonders, could Bryce have suffered a head injury as a result of the car crash? There doesn't always have to be a lot of blood to have um, a brain injury. It doesn't take much. Uh, obviously, he hit pretty hard. That's a, that's a drop. That's quite a drop. He would have had a pretty good jolt from that. Some people uh, with concussions um, don't know who they are. That could have very well happened to Bryce, very easily. Denise feels certain that the Las Pisas are right. Bryce wouldn't have knowingly walked away from his life or his family. He would have never let two years go by without his parents knowing that he was okay. He would not hurt those two people. I don't believe that at all. I just don't believe that that's possible. In August 2015, almost two years after Bryce's disappearance, Denise and the Las Pisas hire a sonar specialist to search parts of Castaic Lake. It's my job to um, exhaust every option out there because there is so little information that we have. So you have to look at everything. Denise thinks that if Bryce had been suicidal, he might have gone into deep water at a place called Government Cove. So we're going to start here at this first peninsula and go down, and then he does like a, he goes, he goes back and forth motion um, so the sonar can pick everything up um, from the bottom. Sonar specialist Wings Stocks will use sound waves to generate an image of the lake bottom where Bryce's body might be. We're working areas that the divers haven't been to yet. 
because of the fact that this lake is a couple hundred feet deep to 300 feet deep, decomposition of a body in deep water, what happens is it's not enough lift to bring it to the surface. Wings and his partner searched the cove intensively for two long 12-hour days. But ultimately, the sonar search is inconclusive, leaving Bryce's family and investigators back where they started, at square one. Lead detective Robert Martindale continues to believe that Bryce is out there somewhere. We've been chasing a lot of leads for the last couple years. God willing, one of them is going to pan out. Our only desire for law enforcement is to bring this young man home, if he so chooses to come home, but at least to account for his whereabouts and say that he's all right. For Karen and Mike Pisa, if their son is alive, the only possibility is that Bryce suffered a head injury or illness and doesn't know who he is. There's absolutely no way that he would be out there without calling mom and dad. It just, he would never just walk away. Never. Denise and the Las Pisas wonder if Bryce could have had a psychotic break, perhaps fueled by abuse of the ADHD drug Vyvanse. Men between 18 and 25 uh, will show the onset of certain mental illness, bipolar, schizophrenic, um, Bryce is right at that age. So I believe that it's either that or the abundance of the drug that he took, which we have no idea how much of it he did take. Either my son is not alive and his remains just haven't been found, or he is out there and he does not know who he is. I, there is absolutely no other explanation I have. Bryce's parents live every day with the agony of uncertainty, knowing that they may never see their son again or even find out what happened to him. I, I want him to be found because he needs to know he is loved by his mom and dad, all his family, and all his friends. And I just want him to be able to hear my voice because I love him. And life is not the same without him. If you have any information about Bryceless Pisa or his disappearance, please contact the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department at 323 323- 890-5500. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.